Yeah, check it out. Here's Outsiders episode two. Today, Jared and I from Epitage Workwear, we're talking about dads and, and being a dad in construction. Uh, right at the top of the episode, I want to shout out a couple of dads and, and so does Jared. I want to shout out our block builder here from from up north in, in New Zealand. I'm hoping to get this dude on the podcast. He's always sharing stuff about hanging out with his kids and, and bringing them into his construction world. So shout out to him. There's a whole bunch of dads on on Instagram who are killing it and kind of promoting this culture in, in a cool way, which I like because it's something that I want to do with my own kids. So Jared, why don't you spray off a few names of people that, that inspire you in terms of being a father in this industry and how to play that card? All right, I got a bunch of bastards, so I'm just going to make it quick. Yeah. Francisco, that's Frank the Mac 433, always crushing it. Angelo at Angelo Plumbing 1219. Danny at Jiu-Jitsu underscore Jedi 433. Badass. Absolutely. At uh, Andre Rad Dad 829. Trent over there in Australia. I mentioned you further in there. You'll get that shout out. Patty Esposito El Capitan at B Patty WT. CB period underscore. I'm pretty sure that's at beef patty with the cornbread. Some crazy ass shit the kids know about. At Yao star underscore star 13. Fucking badass dad. Cool dude. Jamaican up in New York City. This guy scrap. Q50 underscore scrap. Just a fucking cool dude. Dude, of course, always Jordan over at J Tatted. And the OG plum god. If you know, you fucking know. All right, on. Let's get into it. Yeah, well, actually, one thing that I wanted to ask you about when we did our, our podcast, you talked about how in America they have these bring your dad to school days or like career days. Is that right? Is that what they call? Yeah, uh, that's it. So basically the reality of the situation is that what society is trying to figure out is how to glorify, hold up, and condition kids on science, technology, engineering, and math in the United States. This is STEM or mm. STEAM. Uh, they throw arts in there now, too, like this is relevant, but it's, <laughs> it's not really. You know, I mean, Leonardo da Vinci was an artist. Okay. Mm. You sold me. He was an engineer and an artist. Gotcha. But what that really is to me is just bullshit, okay? They bring parents in uh, who do science, technology, engineering, and math as a profession. And then every year, I'm pretty much the only person who's straight up blue collar, just a builder. Mm. And it's super empowering for these kids and even for these teachers and even for these other adults to sit back and listen to kind of the difference between my stories as a father who's a builder and a constructor and you know we as builders are all those things we are scientists we are engineers we are mathematicians we do it all and so it, a lot of the people that i see in these situations are silos they're silos you know they they know one or two disciplines max as a builder you're you're multidisciplinarian you know you're what we call a smart generalist 
And to me, that's what's inspiring, most inspiring about being a builder and a father. Because, and you and I have spoken about this before, the most important thing we're going to build in this life is almost certainly not our buildings. It's about building the relationship with ourselves, building the relationship with our kids. Yes, the built environment, but also our subcontractors and showing that integrity through our work ethic and through our competency. You know, I think being a father, that's the very fundamentals. Every friend I have, and I'm sure you can find them too, who has that father that you look up to, that father who you kind of go like, wow, what are they doing? What are they getting into? Almost every single one of them is driven by a core competency that's anchored more in the physical world than it is in the paperwork or the technology world, if that makes sense. Yeah. Is that something you see when you're interacting, you know, with your kids or with other parents? Well, I think so. And I think maybe there's a shift. I don't know. I want to linger on your experience with it just a little bit more, just to ask you when you do these career days, are you the cool dad? Like, is it now cool to be a builder? Uh, what kind of fucking question is that? Of course I'm the cool dad. (laughs) Look at these guys. Look at me. Look at all our homies out there building. Well, of course we're the fucking cool guys. Yeah, I know. I know. But I'm, I'm, I'm asking like, is that the reaction from the kids? Like, are these kids, (laughs) are these kids more interested in, uh, you know, you, you, you running these building sites than, um, someone coming in and, and talking about maybe something, uh, less, less diverse in, in experiences and they're what construction can offer. Like you say, just a specialized STEM subject. I can imagine you're in there with a whole lot more enthusiasm about your job than that. The other parents are. Yeah. These nerds, you know, and I, I can say that fondly uh, mm-hmm. because as we know, you know, I've studied every number that other people's want people want to study. These people who live the life of nerds, this is not to be rough or mean with them. Often they don't even have, you know, men or women alike don't exude the same level of confidence in these types of situations because often, you know, in construction, it conditions you. I tell people being in construction is like being in war. Hmm. Every single day, you have to be ready to solve problems. You have to be ready to put your life on the line. And sure as hell, some shit is going to go wrong that you weren't anticipating. Okay. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the battle plays out perfectly. Like what you had setting up your precast panels, sick as fuck. Absolutely. Straight up legend. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's one in 10, you know, the other nine times some weird shit's going to happen, mm-hmm. you know? And that's what I think the kids feed off of when I go in there and I talk to them about the trades is kids have the, okay, what if, what about, how come, could it be, you know, they've actually, when you look at the way a kid thinks, they come out of school less inquisitive each year, okay? Mm -hmm. Each year, they're actually conditioned to ask fewer questions. And this is the, the huge problem, in my mind, with education in general. But when a builder steps into the arena of life, we're trying to solve any problem we can see. Mm -hmm. Because of that, we're stuck like little kids. 
asking a thousand questions and trying to find the single answer that's meaningful. And that's when I speak to kids, when I speak in training environments in general, what I try and focus on is that pure appetite of yes and what is the next question. Yes, you could see that far, but there's something even further down the horizon. And yeah. so that's the way I don't always do a great job at it. I'm not going to bullshit you, Adam, or anyone else. I don't always do a great job of finding the patience, but in that setting where I'm presenting a career path in blue collar work, I absolutely set it in that I am the most in the most complex puzzle any person has ever been in every day. Mm -hmm. Whether that's a reality or not, I think each one of us as builders is looking at the problems that could arise of in the day as an opportunity to put our brains to work and our bodies to work. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I agree with you. I think the stakes are higher or at least if you're enthusiastic about this industry, you act like the stakes are higher day to day than, than perhaps other jobs. And I think that kind of rubs off on kids. They can see that you're, you're building the world around them. It's really, um, you know, it's, it's tactile. They can see it. It's in front of them, that kind of work. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's easy to develop a relationship with, right. than than something abstract. If I think it's very much, um, in the real world, what we do. Uh, but also the cool thing about it is that you can use all those like STEM fields, like the mathematics that an engineer will come up with and, and, see it in real time working uh, and we get to put it together and it's pretty fun. Yeah, yeah it is. It's, it's, it's knowing the parameters and find and being able to actually find the solution without asking, you know, on big projects, you ask for a lot of approvals, but on small projects, you ask for almost no approval. And I think um, generally the situation where you can get kids involved is generally smaller projects. You know, mm -hmm. I've done tours of big projects and things like that. And you can explain some of the more complicated components of a project. However, like you say, you know, if you're raising kids, like you and I are raising kids, you know, we both have friends who are raising kids. You can engage them on a level that can encourage them to think about anything they do in a different light, the way they make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, the way they move through the house, the way they organize themselves. This is the same way we work on a, on a construction site. And I think that can lead to a very rigorous kind of like detail oriented, you know, OCD pain in the ass dad, <laughs> you know? And so it's a funny paradox where you can be, a really cool dad outside the house and sometimes not that cool of a dad inside the house. Mm -hmm. And that can be a tough paradox to manage on a, on a personal level with your kids, you know? And what I've found is that as the kids get older, it's interesting to see how their interest in what I do changes their value of what I do changes, you know? they have seen other fathers struggle and ask for help of me and they go, well, that's, that's kind of interesting. Why does that person come to dad? You know, 
and then you know then you just kind of as politely as possible just explain they don't have the same experience mm-hmm. and so what inspires me on a daily basis when i review kind of my own life is what my own expectations were set forth by my dad i think you know you know my dad's dead he died at 59 Um, He died four years ago now. So I was 31 when he died. Mm. You know, that sucks. There isn't a lot of like kind of man-to-man reflection I can have in that same way. However, like I remember, and I mentioned this even when we spoke before, some of, I have these very stark memories of it being dark out in the morning thinking, man, I just got up so fucking early schools not for like two, three hours. And I'm like, fuck it, I'm gonna go out into the living room. And my old man's out there. And you know, he's already dressed for the day. And he's already eating breakfast. And now he's putting on his boots, you know, and I can just remember there sitting there and being like, damn, you know, he is up way, way before the ass crack of dawn. Mm. And he's, he's already, you know, he's got his game face on already. He's talking with my stepmom about, you know, what corner of the building he's laying out. Cause he was a carpenter and he was big on layout. You know, my old man was a carpenter foreman. That's, mm-hmm. that's where he kind of settled in life now on big projects, you know, big union projects, 150 million, $200 million projects, but that still makes him a relatively small cog in the machine compared to me being a project manager on those same projects. So one thing I'm always really proud of is like my dad got to see me reach that level where I was managing, you know, literally hundreds of people on a daily basis. And that's something that as fathers, we've got to reflect on how we're feeding that information to the kids. You know, are we doing that in a thoughtful manner that they can digest and reflect on and it can become meaningful to them or are we doing it in a stressful way that burdens them and now they have a bag to carry and a resentment associated with it folks that you know i see who seem to have a lot of fun with it and who just like to be really straightforward you know it's actually a super fucking young kid i don't know why he comes to my mind because i don't know him personally but his name's uh, Trent uh, Shembury, I think is his name, actually from Australia. He's at Trent, T-R-E-N-T-S-C-H-E-M-B-R-I. I'd implore you to look him up. But he's, uh, he's a fucking badass young man. I got to guess late 20s, early 30s, metal fabricator and rod buster. And, you know, he's got, I think it's two young kids that I'm dead serious. His boy is like my boy, got long fucking hair. You know, if you don't look at him right, might think he's a girl. This fucking kid already tears up a dirt bike, like jumping on it at the age of six. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. But raises him in that very blue collar way, you know, of like out in the dirt, playing with the sticks, covered in mud, roughhousing. And that guy, Trent, his dad was, was also metal fabrication. I think they run their own custom shop now. And that personally, to me is something I aspire to more than whether or not like the kids think you're cool today or tomorrow. It's like when they're 20 or 30, are they going to be able to reflect and say like, damn, my old man actually had his shit together. 
yeah, I can relate with that because when I was a kid growing up, I was surrounded by construction, but I hated it. Like I wasn't interested at all. Uh, so, but now as a, as I've grown up and I look back on it, that's exactly what I think of my own dad. But at the time I was like, man, why is he getting up so early? And like, why is he never home? And you had, you develop a different relationship. I think when you get older and you're doing it yourself. Uh, but, but then again, like, you know, there's great examples out there and on Instagram, like you say, of, of dads who are doing that, who are getting up really early and, and, and working hard and then still able to like incorporate their kids in that whole experience. And I really like that. That's like you say, that's something I inspire towards as well. It's funny you say that. Um, I was actually talking with my buddy, John Mann, who I know I've told you about before he runs man.made the metal fabricator out of Kansas city. I was literally fucking spent an hour and a half on the phone with the dude today. And, um, he's not a father, you know, Mm. and I always think it's interesting to reflect with other men about what it looks like to be a father when they haven't been a father. And he, he brought to light like a really, really nice perspective, which is his dad. He's what I call a fucking working class professional. His dad was a lawyer, right? Mm -hmm. But he came from a blue collar family. His uncle is a fucking steel erector, right? And he's got like another uncle who's in concrete or some bullshit like this. But his dad's a lawyer. Now this guy, I had no fucking clue he's a lawyer because every time I saw him, he was walking around with like a 30 year old white fucking v-neck shirt riddled with holes, long ass stringy hair, chain smoking fucking cigarettes, mowing his own huge ass yard. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Doing all his own maintenance on his house. And he goes to me, Jared, you know, I was telling him, look, I have all this hard time where I'm working like 60, 80 hours every week. Right. Mm -hmm. And he goes, Jared, you know, my dad wasn't around either, but I knew he was available. Mm -hmm. And he goes to me, I think reflecting back on it, that's what gave me such comfort and my relationship with him is that if I needed something from him, he always had competency and he was willing to pass that on. Mm -hmm. And if I needed something from him, he was always there. And when he gave me his time, he was in that moment. Yeah. And it's not about an order of magnitude, but actually the gravity that you bring with it. And that, so that was, that was just something cool I heard today that kind of, you know, I think that's something us blue collar dads can think about. Yeah. Cause there are projects where I'm leaving the house at three thirty, four o'clock in the morning to drive an hour, hour and a half away to a project. Mm. And you just don't see people, you know, you don't see anyone you love sometimes. Yeah, that's right. I think I can relate to that. And what you're kind of saying is that it's, making yourself available as a father is important and especially as a like you say perhaps a blue collar dad when you're when you're doing those sort of hours and you're not always around it's about the quality of time that you have and being present in that time with your kids rather than you know kind of just showering them with a whole lot of half interested moments yeah i think if you if you have something valuable to give your kids in, in the time that you have with them, then that's probably more important than just raw time, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's, um, 
it's an interesting thing that I reflected on too, is actually generationally, like as a culture, you and I, and some of the other folks that were around, interestingly enough, I'm seeing my kids more than my dad ever saw me. Mm. Just sheer order of magnitude, volume of time, all of this. You know, I know a lot of the families I see are kind of broken up. And I don't know if that's just construction itself being so hard on families or, you know, I'll put some of this on myself, but like the attitude we get when we're involved in construction, Mm -hmm. you know, it can be all pretty difficult to manage. I know there are folks out there I see split in time with their kids and absolutely embracing every minute they have with them. Like uh, one of my homies out on the West Coast, Francisco, he goes by Frank the Machine 433, is an iron worker. Mm -hmm. If you watch his stories on a daily basis, it's all about the steel. And then all of a sudden you'll find that he has that time with his girl. His daughter seems phenomenal. They seem to have a great relationship. And you know every moment he's got that girl because he's worshiping her. You know, and if you look at his stream, like of the actual post he makes, it's like 90% his daughter doesn't give a shit about steel, you know, and that level of concentration and passion for our kids. I do think that passion shines through and you have to have it to be a builder. You Mm. can't get up and bust your fucking ass 12 14 hour days if you're not passionate about what you do we've all seen those fucking old timers who are crotchety as hell but deep down inside those fuckers are still passionate as far as i can tell and that passion does ride through on our relationships with our kids and i think finding positive avenues for it is is maybe the key to that success i don't i don't know i'll be the first to admit i fail on a regular basis yeah, I'm, I'm the same. It's something I'm battling at the moment is finding a balance between my career and extracurricular and, and my kids. Uh, it's definitely not easy and I don't, I don't know how I would ever get it right. But, you know, one thing that, that springs to mind, I don't know if it rings true in the United States or not, but one thing about blue collar people or even construction workers is that most people in this industry, at least once you get after a certain age, uh, most people have families. Like it's quite a family orientated industry, I guess, or, or at least the people that I know in the in this industry. Whereas, you know, a lot of these perhaps STEM field uh, white collar professionals, in fact, aren't really having as many kids as what they used to back when. So, at, at the end of the day most of these kids are coming from blue collar families anyway. So this is the reality, I guess, for, for a lot of children growing up is having that around them at least is, is work, work, work. But I just wonder how that's changing in our modern world as well. We're we're seeing a lot of different like family structures and, and how that interrelates into construction. I'm not really sure. Yeah. You know, you bring up a fine point and some of it's just flat out economics. You know what I mean? Like if you take the distribution of wealth, then the lion's share of kids and people are going to be on the lower end of that distribution. Mm -hmm. So banking, finance, you know, all that shit that runs our lives that we pretty much despise, they're going to have 
just a fewer propor a, a smaller proportion of kids. But then at the same time, if you look, and I've mentioned it like over and over again, there's a certain level of brashness and a certain level of grit and attitude that comes with working in the trades. And some of that brashness probably leads to some irrational decision-making, like banging out some kids. True. Uh, I know it's, it's a reality to me is like, yeah, I've never been too risk averse. I've pretty much always been like, fuck it. I can make it work. Mm. And if it feels good, let's do that again. Um, which is <laughs> obviously like, can maybe be a fucking terrible life mantra, you know? And so like, you know, I've got two kids and I plan to have more kids in the future. You know, that's part of my thing is I love kids. Yeah. I'm all about being a dad. Come the end of the day, it would not shock me if I have four or five kids. Mm -hmm. Um, is that going to be the same with most bankers? Fuck no. Mm. And I don't know what that relates to, but I do think you're right. There is some level of responsibility we have as thoughtful blue collar folks. We have a tremendous skill set, and to pass that along is a, is a responsibility and to do that thoughtfully as possible is cool. And also, but just to own who we fucking are as men that's the most important. Like, I don't think anyone that we work with or ourselves should be overly fucking burdened if we make mistakes sometimes. Getting in that downward spiral of treating yourself like shit because you didn't do something right, you just got to fucking get over and accept that it happened and move on with the program. And that's where, like you said, you're trying to strike a balance with your professional life and your kids. Well, most dads never fucking did that. We're like some of the first generations of people who are truly trying to like have a work-life balance. Mm. Before us, like only two generations ago, it was survival. My grandpa, born in the Great Depression, given out to his uncle because he was con considered too much of a burden for his family. Mm. You know what he became to his uncle? A farmhand. You know what I mean? He's like, yeah. here's my six-year-old kid so he can be a farmhand for you. Lived in a closet, worked on the farm all day. Yeah. That's my grandpa. You know what I mean? We, yeah. we are not like generations of civilization removed from just barely scratching out living on the surface of this earth, you know? And that's where having honor and respect for the fact that we are and a more advanced civilization is cool. But wearing our ass out with second guessing everything we fucking do is not worth our time. Yeah, true. Absolutely. You know what I mean? These goddamn nerds and technology companies and all this shit will try to grind your ass to a nub and take every bit of confidence they can out of you. Mm. But mm. that's not the reality. We grind our ass off and we make everything we see appear. Literally everything. Yeah. Every house, every building, every road, every turd in a pipe under the ground. <laughs> that, that's insane. Like the yeah. reason that the fucking water flows off the road is because we graded it so it will fall off the road into storm drain. Yeah. There's literally nothing that we haven't touched. If you live in a city, every square inch of that city has been touched multiple times by the blue collar. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And for that, we shouldn't compromise. For that, we should have the utmost confidence. 
and that's what I, I like about the fact that what you say is that we're not like the generations before us where we maybe have a little bit of time to sit here on podcasts and kind of wax lyrical on this now because we don't have to necessarily be working every hour of the day, every day of the week anymore, which is cool. Uh, you can get new perspectives about what you're doing and it refreshes this industry and you can see that that's happening because it's bringing in a whole lot of different characters. You know, there's very cliche kind of male characters that you think of when you think of construction historically, but now, man, there's so many more people contributing to this industry in, in different ways and it's great. And yeah, I hope that that attracts more kids into this industry thinking, yeah, construction could be a career path that I want to follow. I know at least perhaps not necessarily the career part of it, but growing up in that blue collar household with, with my dad doing the work that he did, it definitely prepared me well for the realities of life. I feel I wasn't under any illusion that I wasn't going to have to get up and, and work really hard every day. Like I knew that was coming. I didn't know in what direction I was going to do that, but I knew that was what life was. So you may as well kind of get excited about it. And the great thing again about construction is that I've been in this industry for a relatively short amount of time, just over seven years, but I've never once, and I can honestly say this, uh, I've never once been bored in this industry. Like my job does oh. not bore me at all in the slightest. Well, if you're bored, you're not fucking paying attention to what's happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're just not paying enough attention. I hate, you know, if I offend anybody by that, you know, the name fucking paying enough attention either, but you hit on a couple of points and I'd like to approach both of them if I can. Mm -hmm. You know, the first one is work ethic. It, absolutely is 100% required in this life, no matter who you are. If you're a fucking nerd on a calculator all damn day, every day, the person with the best work ethic wins mm -hmm. every time. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's no matter whether you're in the trades or whether you're white collar, or if you're an anthropologist, you know, if you can crank out a thousand fucking words on indigenous populations in the West of Australia, you're going to be better off than the person who can't sit down and hack that okay mm -hmm. so my contention is any person raised by blue collar should be able to outwork any other motherfucker that's around them hmm. that's my contention and i tell my kids that too i won't take a slack ass it just won't happen you know and to me I mean, you can tell it ain't fun to be my kids sometimes. And that's all right. You know, sometimes my clients see me with my kids and they're like, holy shit, that was pretty rough. Also, do you think you could watch my kids sometimes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And so that was the first thing. And I, or actually, that was the second thing you said, but the first most important to me. But the second thing you bring up is this whole idea of like, this iteration on the culture that came before us. Mm. So there's a guy I'm going to bring up right now. His name's Andre, but he goes by Rad Dad 829. It's just Rad Dad together 829. Fucking badass iron worker. And, you know, if he listens to this, I don't mean to be offensive, but fuck it, you know, very hipster. Hipster as fuck, dude. Yeah. Round fucking sunglasses, wire rim sunglasses. 
goddamn perfectly manicured mustache fucking bicking his head every day you mm-hmm. know always rocking like the vans fresh white tees all this shit right you know i don't know what his situation like is like with his family appears to be a fucking phenomenal dad whenever he's around his his daughter has to travel a lot for work is an iron worker you know what i mean i see him with his whole family his nieces his nephews definitely a fucking cool dude right mm-hmm. 100% out in seattle building huge fucking buildings slinging steel and that's kind of the next iteration of being a dad you know is like being able to live the life you want to live as an individual you know, that hipster, that cool lifestyle, if that's what you want to do. And then also getting on the grind and not being afraid to present that, you know, from his social perspective, I would say it's honestly, it's mostly cool. And then like strong, strong portion of just dad life. And then a little like spattering of construction, you know, Mm. and that's the way I think the work work life balance should be is we all know that we're going to spend most of our life working. We, we get that, but it's how do we maintain the human element as well? And that's what I'd like to think that, you know, as blue collar folks, that next iteration is maintaining ourselves, maintaining our cool and looking after our family at the same time. For sure. I think to take it in another way, I know my own dad reflects on a lot now after we've grown up and moved out and we have our own little lives and our own families now, myself and my brother. One thing that I'm really conscious of as a dad is, again, that balance between the career and dad life and and thinking about, you know, am I really doing all of these hours um, for the betterment of my children? Is that is that my goal? Because really, if if that is your goal, I think I don't know. You can hide and work too easily, you know? And I think maybe that's what some of the generations before us did. Whereas like, this is how you be a good dad. You go to work as much as you can and you bring home that money for you to raise your family. Yeah. I mean, that's it. (laughs) And, and Hey, I'm, I'm about that. Like that is running through my bloodstream, man. Like that's, that's a hundred percent my family history. Like it's, it's, it's kind of brought up with me that, that's the idea of a dad. That's the idea of a man is you, you work really hard and you bring home the bacon and, and that's it. Now we live in a world where perhaps we're more open to the idea of actually my time is the most valuable thing that I can be giving to my kids and whether that's spending heaps of time investing in my career so I can, I can give them more opportunities or whether I basically what what i'm trying to do is like smash apart both of those is like i'm gonna punch my career in the face as hard as i can and i'm also gonna really try and spend some quality time with my kids because i don't think you actually need to compromise one or the other if you really are a blue collar worker through and through and you have that ethic it's like hang on, I'm not going to sell myself short. Like I'm going to find out a way to really go for it in my career and, and enjoy that while also enjoy being that breadwinner. But also I'm going to find time to kick the shit out of being a dad. So that's, that's no, kind of the goal for me. I agree. Here's what I got to say about it. It's about the fucking positive mental attitude. You got to own that you're blue collar. 
you got to own that you're a fucking dad. You got to embrace that life is fucking flying past you every single day. And you got to find the energy to say like, yes, I can love it fucking all. It can stress me the fuck out. All of it, being a father, being a builder, having fucking bills to pay and just say like, I'm here for the ride. 